You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Join us for our live broadcasts on Thursday nights and immediately following every IU game at our website, assemblycall.com. That's assemblycall.com. Hey there, it's me, Jared. And before we get to the postgame show, I just want to take a moment to say thank you to everybody who has donated so far during our preseason listener support drive. As you know, if you are subscribed to our email list or a member of our new private IU basketball community, our goal for this season's preseason listener support drive is $10,000. And it's incredible, seriously, how close we already are to reaching that goal after just a couple of days. And let me tell you, this revenue really, really helps us out when it comes to the logistics of actually running the show. The support that we receive from listeners like you helps us cover the recurring costs of running the show, stuff like website hosting and podcast hosting, subscription fees, equipment costs, paying our interns, and so much more, and, and other you know one-time costs that don't necessarily come up all the time. And all of that stuff is necessary to keep the show going and hopefully to keep it growing and improving, which is what we want. Now... Here's something that is kind of crazy to think about, at least to me anyway. This post-game show right now that you're listening to marks the beginning of the eighth year that Andy, Ryan, and I have been doing the assembly call. Our show is older than a human being who can speak. <laughs> Seriously, it is. And we want this to be by far our biggest and best season yet. That's why we've expanded our content calendar with the daily Banner Morning episodes, along with the Banner Monday shows and other stuff we're doing. And given the time investment that this requires, it's really, it's just not something that we could do no matter how much we love IU basketball without being able to earn a little extra income from the show on top of just covering our costs. And so all these reasons together are why we're asking for your help. And, you know, I, I, I say it a lot, I guess, on here, at least I hope I do, that we just have an incredible audience. We really do. And it's amazing how much this audience that we're so lucky to have has responded in a big way because as of Thursday afternoon, when I'm recording this a couple of hours before the IU Southern Indiana game starts, we've already received $6,232.47. That's in just a little over 48 hours. Donations as you know small as $5 to as big as $500. And this, the drive that we're doing, it goes all the way until next Friday, November 9th. So that means we still have more than a week um, to raise the rest of it, the three thousand seven hundred sixty-seven fifty-three cents that is left to go. So, if you would be willing to help out, please go to assemblycall.com/donate. There, you will find three simple donation options, plus our physical address if you want to mail a check. Because I know a lot of you like to mail checks, and that's totally fine. If you're willing to help, all we ask is that you determine your amount based on how much you think our work is worth and how much you can afford. And if you're not willing to help, tell them to go stick it. No, Ryan, come on now. We, none of that. <laughs> we want people to help out because they want to. We want you to help out because you want to and because you find our work valuable, not for any other reason. And we're committed to keeping our content free. So you'll always be able to watch us whether you donate or not. But I can tell you that every contribution makes a huge difference and we really, really appreciate it. So again, the URL is assemblycall.com slash donate. That page also includes a running tally of how close we are to hitting our goal. Thank you for listening to this and to everyone who has donated so far. Seriously, thank you, thank you, thank you. This show could not exist without you. Can we get some basketball, please? Yes. Okay. Now, time for some basketball. Finally, here it is. <laughs> our first post-game show of the season. Here we go. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call, as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers win their exhibition game over the University of Southern Indiana at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. It was a game where the Hoosiers were a little bit sluggish offensively, especially early, but boy, there in the second half did they get the three-point shooting going uh, and were able to cruise to a 30-plus point victory here in their first game of the season. It doesn't count. 
but still we got to see a lot of the new guys, a lot of things that we don't want to react too much. We don't want to overreact, certainly, but a lot of things that we can uh, can break down here for you on this first postgame show of the season. I'm your host, Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips, my co-host here, as we begin our eighth season of the Assembly Call, which is crazy to think that we're eight seasons into this thing. Uh, but let's start tonight's show as we start every episode of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner moment. And the Banner moment for me goes back to the first half. It was 30-19, to 19. You know, Indiana had kind of been nursing this 9-10, 11-point lead after a little spurt early, but really couldn't quite get that next spurt, you know, to where they got it up to a 17-18 point lead. And at that point is when Rob Finnessy took over. He started for Devontae Green tonight, and really I thought he was the best player in the first half. And in this particular sequence, he knifed into the lane, a nice little drive, gotten up and under an and-one, scored. Uh, then on the very next possession, slid over, really nice help defense play, took a charge, and then on the very next possession, drained a three. So it was a personal 6-0 run for Rob Finnessy, uh, along with a great defensive play. It made it 36-19, to uh, and really I don't think uh, Southern Indiana got much closer than that the rest of the way. Uh, and just to put a little punctuation on it, Rob got an assist at the very end of the half uh, on a nice pass to Evan Fitzner, who drained a three. It was 39-20. to and it was just great to see a freshman, you know, thrust into the starting role with the injury to Devontae Green, be such a steadying presence in his first game of the season, really looked good uh, in the first half. Obviously, a lot of people now clamoring to be part of the Rob uh, Finnessy fan club. Seems like we're going to have a fight on our hands uh, for that. But an excellent first half, really a solid game for him. And we'll obviously break down his performance uh, and the rest of the performance of these Hoosiers as we go through the rest of tonight's show. And tonight's Hoosier Proud banner moment, as always, brought to you by Hoosier Proud and now Home Field. You know, for years, Hoosier Proud has been the best place to find Indiana-themed apparel made by Hoosiers and for Hoosiers. But back in August, they took that expertise and they created Home Field, a premium collegiate apparel brand that tells unique stories about each school. And there you can find the comfiest and most unique IU apparel. The website address for Hoosier, uh, for Home Field Apparel is homefieldapparel.com. This week, be sure to check out Homefield's IU Champions tee. It features the five championship years and a vintage IU basketball design. Andy and I both have this shirt. We love it. That's absolutely something I've got to buy. Yes, Ryan, you absolutely have to get on that. And then back at hoosierproud.com, you will still find the best state of Indiana themed apparel, plus our official assembly called logo t-shirts all while sending 10% of your purchase to causes around Indiana, like Habitat for Humanity of Greater Indianapolis. Can a brother get some coupons? Yes, you can. As always, use the promo code ASSEMBLY at checkout at either site to get 15% off your first purchase. That's promo code ASSEMBLY. And the URLs, again, are homefieldapparel.com for IU gear and hoosierproud.com for everything else Indiana, including the Assembly Call shirts. Thank you. Okay, well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team, and we will go to Andy Bottoms first. Andy, what was your Bottoms line on tonight's IU performance? Well, I think the defense really set the tone early. Uh, they had, I think it was 17 points off turnovers at halftime and ended up with 32 points off turnovers for the game. So even though uh, I'm sure Archie Miller will bring up the 42 points that IU allowed in the second half and uh, and Southern Indiana got hot from, from three for a bit there, um, I do think for for listening to Archie coming into the game, talked about the defense was ahead of the offense. That was 100% true in the first half. Um, so if you can find a way to pair the first half defense with the second half offense, uh, could have quite a uh, quite a team on our hands here. But I, um, you know, I, it's one of those where there's a lot of reasons to be excited, and you can, um, you, you know, you can sort through and kind of kind of pick different guys and things that you liked and, and maybe didn't like there. So uh, you know, kind of a good exhibition game in that regard because you, you you know as a coach you're going to want some things to go back and work on and I think we'll we'll talk about some of those as we go um, but also with the injuries uh, a lot of guys were able to get playing time for you know you know Demise Anderson who I'm sure we'll touch on played probably more than anybody would have thought given uh, Jerome Hunter was out some of the other injuries in the backcourt and so while the injuries aren't good sounds like most of them were held out as precautions and it was a good chance to give some of these guys a chance to get their feet wet uh, and really thought everybody acquitted themselves pretty well. So uh, a, a solid performance, some things to build on, some things to work on, uh, but uh, excited to kick off Season 8 with you guys. Absolutely. Ryan, anything to rant about after a 34-point exhibition win? 
No, but I will point out some some solid moments. I thought uh, first, Deron, just seeing Deron Davis run up and down the court healthy, and then ooh, seeing him at the end possibly limp off. I don't know if maybe that was just wear and tear or what. Let's hope it's nothing serious. Uh, but he sort of limped off there and looked like he was in pain. So let's we'll wait, obviously, but let's hope that he's okay. Uh, and maybe it's just a uh, you know something about coming back you know, from that devastating Achilles injury. Well, uh, the guy that I, I thought definitely was the most interesting uh, is Demise Anderson playing 15 minutes, scoring 14 points. Maybe he thinks he, you know, is, is a little deeper on the bench than he'd like. And with Jerome Hunter and some other guys out, he came out, hit four of seven threes, five of eight from the field. Uh, certainly looked like he belonged. A couple turnovers that were kind of ugly, but still 14 points of 15 minutes, instant offense off the bench, you'll take it. Uh, and I thought in general, the team just shot better. The, the, the 11 of 22 from three, a couple of those were forced, and I think they'll get cleaned up as the season goes. But 60 or going 35 of 63 from the field, 55.6%. Free throws, still an issue. Got to work on that. But you got Romeo Langford missing three of them. Uh, that'll hurt you any day. That guy should be making them all. Uh, and then, of course, Justin Smith in the first possession of the game misses two and then settles back in and hits, two, hits, the, hits his other two for the game. So you kind of got to take those numbers with a bit of a grain of salt. But in general, shooting, which is something I think we all pointed to as a big thing this year, much better. Only 11 turnovers in the game, and five of those were your true freshman who was handling the ball a lot, and Romeo Langford. So you'll take that. Romeo also had four steals. So just some of the numbers that jumped out at me initially uh, that you know he had five turnovers but was able to make up for that with a couple steals. Um, so in general, I thought that the big thing that stood out to me was the shooting, uh, Demise Anderson, and just you know it was great seeing Deron Davis back on the floor, and we'll see uh, what happens moving forward. Yeah. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips, and we are breaking down Indiana's 96-62 to 62 victory over Southern Indiana. So let's talk a little bit more about Romeo Langford. Obviously, his you know first time out in front of IU fans. We saw him at Hoosier Hysteria, but that was a 15-minute scrimmage. You know, his first time out against other competition. And clearly, Southern Indiana doesn't present the kind of you know size and length and athleticism that's really going to bother Romeo. You know, I thought, Andy, a couple things. One, offensively, it looked like he just kind of struggled to get into a rhythm, you know, kind of struggled to know when to assert himself. And and, and the offense overall, you know, it, especially early in the first half, really seemed like it kind of struggled to, to, to get into that kind of rhythm together. What I was really impressed by with Romeo was defensively, obviously, the activity, the steals, how hard he played, his willingness to get on the floor. You know, for a guy who comes in with so much hype, you wouldn't necessarily, you would certainly hope for that, but you might not necessarily expect that in an exhibition game. So, you know, I thought uh, all in all, maybe not quite the offensive explosion you would expect from a guy like Romeo with the scoring pedigree that he has, but I thought there were really some things to like in terms of some of the things that were big question marks about him, you know, the defense coming in, some of that stuff. So kind of an uneven night for him, but I thought some positives to take away. Yeah, I, I would agree that it was uneven. Uh, you know, the things you like, the defense, as you mentioned, he had a couple steals early in the first half, one where he really kind of sold out to, uh, you know, tap the ball back and, and led to a fast break that I think was a Justin Smith dunk that ended with. Um, got to the free throw line seven times on 12 field goal attempts. So if you, you know, project that kind of free throw rate out over the course of the year, uh, I think that's something that you'll live with and, and grab five rebounds. I thought, you know, for all the guard rebounding talk, uh, that we heard last year, he tied for the team lead in rebounds and, and that will likely be a focus for this team as well. So those things were the positives. Um, I, you know, a, a little bit like you, I thought offensively there were times when, uh, you know, he seemed more assertive, really tried to get to the basket, and, and you kind of felt like he could just glide to the basket whenever he felt like it. Um, you know, the couple threes he took were, you know, probably not in within the flow of anything, but he's a guy you're probably going to let do that. And I think, uh, you know, the, the thing for me was the turnovers, five turnovers over that, you know, over the course of the game. Some of those were just kind of careless as the game got um, a little sloppy in, in parts, but... Um, you know, I don't think any reason to be concerned. To your point, I think what he did better than expected uh, was the defensive side of the ball, which is where you probably had the most questions coming in. Uh, I don't think, based on, you know, what you saw from him from an athleticism standpoint, um, I don't think there's really concerns there. The shots are going to go in. Um, you know, missed a few shots around the basket, as did a lot of the guys in the second half as they really, you know, made a concerted effort to go inside. So uh, I think those numbers could have been a little bit better. But, um, it, 
like I said, I think the biggest thing I take away is the defense and, and rebounding. And I think those are positives that are kind of icing on the cake for a guy that you know is going to be able to score. You know, Ryan, one one other thing that I want to cover here in this segment, you know, obviously a lot of talk is going to be about Rob Finnessy and how well he played in the first half. And, you know, Josh Wilson, one of our chat mob guys on Twitter said after the game, you know, try to convince me that Rob shouldn't be the starting point guard from here on out. And I would just say, let's tap the brakes for just a second because we haven't even seen Devontae Green play yet. And he probably would have started this game if he were healthy. So I'm as excited about Rob Finnessy as anybody. And I certainly think he looks like a guy that obviously he's in the rotation, looks like a guy that's going to play a lot of minutes, like a guy that we can trust. But let's remember, there's been a lot of positive talk about Devontae Green, too. And so we're just going to have to wait to see him get on the court once he's healthy. But the big, the big positive from tonight is if that talk was legitimate and if Devontae is really ready to be a more consistent force, you've also got this freshman in Rob Finnessy that is clearly ready to come in and be a steady contributor. And that bodes really well for the biggest question mark on this team, which is the point guard play. Yeah, no, it's going to take time for for Rob to be the starter, I think. And and we've been saying that. I think we've been sort of stressing that all offseason is that, look, they're playing Southern Indiana tonight. Let's, let's as you said, tap the brakes. Uh, let's get the rotations right. I mean, it, Archie was clearly messing with the rotations tonight, just trying to figure some stuff out. And I think that's fair. That's what you do at this point of the season. And and as far as Rob goes, I, I've always expected Rob to play a decent amount, a significant amount probably, be one of those first guys off the bench who can really provide a steadying presence. But let's also remember that he's a freshman and freshmen play like freshmen. And, and, and sometimes they're more mature and he looked very mature tonight, very in control. But again, it's one game. It's it's one performance. The coaches are in there seeing these guys in practice every single day, seeing these guys go up against each other every single day, and they know better than we do what these guys can do. Um, so I, I think that Rob Finnessy, I think he's going to be the point guard at Indiana for a long time, but let's uh, let's pump the brakes on whether or not he's the starter now or whether he deserves to be the starter. Uh, Devontae Green's played at Indiana. This is his third season, and and the coaches know what they have in him. If they think that he's too much, too up and down, guess what? He's going to lose his job. And we saw last year that Archie is not afraid to bench guys who aren't playing well. And there were games where Devontae would play really well, and there were ones where he'd come in, play terribly, and he'd be on the bench for the rest of the night. So it, this isn't something where Archie's, you know, giving a spot to a guy just because he's been around. He knows what to do with these guys, and he's in their, in practice every day. You've got to trust the coaches. They're the ones who see them the most. You know, and it's also important to remember, Andy, that you got to take what you see in exhibition games with a grain of salt because we've seen big performances, especially guys who might come in and score a lot of points or do something when the game has clearly been decided. It's not always a harbinger of what's to come in the regular season. We've seen Devontae himself go nuts in Hoosier hysteria, go nuts in an exhibition game, I think even last year when his brother was in attendance, and it didn't exactly translate to the beginning of the season. So for the rest of the show, we're probably going to talk a lot of the positives, a lot of the numbers that look good, but it is important to remember that in an exhibition game against this caliber of opponent where the game is pretty much decided for the final 30 minutes, there's not a lot of stress in that kind of game, so you can only kind of take so much from it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the thing that that fans will probably look at is that there's a there's a bit of a contrast between the way that Devontae plays the point guard position and the and what you saw from Rob Finnessy tonight. To your point, what what that looks like going forward is a little bit tough to gauge off of one performance. But I think you look at a guy like Devontae who sometimes is making can make the flashy play, but sometimes makes it too hard or, you know, makes it harder than it needs to be. And then you watch a guy like Fennessey who, um, you know, really was, as Ryan said, under control, you know, look to drive and kick, look to drive and, and, you know, take the ball to the basket when the opportunity presented itself and just was very much under control, steady, all those kinds of things that are maybe not adjectives that you'd use about Devontae Green on a regular basis. Doesn't mean one is a better approach than the other, but I do think it's a little bit of um, because there's such a contrast between the two of them. And, you know, short of the one play where, where Finnessy, you know, kind of faked one way and then the guy like almost fell over. And I just thought he might just run off the court at one point to avoid further embarrassment. Um, you know, he didn't do anything that made you say, wow, you know, he had a nice Euro step in the, you know, the first half, but, but the kinds of flashy plays that people kind of associate with how Devonte green plays a position is not what he's going to do. Um, you know, he certainly uh, got some good things on tape and and made everybody excited about it. And and I think that's a good thing for a guy that 
you know Archie likes and wants to and thinks he can be the point guard of the future. And I think you'd say the same thing about this class in, in its entirety of all the guys that played. Everything that you think about them being foundational, you, you could walk away tonight feeling vindicated in that belief. Yeah, and Finnessy, let's remember, you're right. Archie likes him. They've almost, you've talked about their, Jared, you've talked about their personalities just meshing really well in the past and how they're just, he's almost an extension of Archie on the court, it feels like. That's the relationship we're going to have here. But let's remember, again, you got to pump the brakes on on this. He should be starting. He should be in there. I mean, we all want to see the shiny new toy on the court. That, that's That's just the nature of being a sports fan. You want the new thing. There's so much hope with a new thing. But you've got to kind of understand the dynamics of the team and understand the fact that everybody's saying Devontae Green had this great offseason where he really got the team concept and is really plugged in. If that's the case, how far he's come from where he was as a freshman even, then that's, that's a lot of development that we need to give credit for. Absolutely. All right, coming up, we continue our breakdown of Indiana's 96-62 victory over Southern Indiana. I will point out tonight's meaningful moment you might have missed, and then we will go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips breaking down Indiana's victory, their exhibition victory over Southern Indiana tonight at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. 96-62 to was the score. It's time for tonight's meaningful moment that you might have missed. And I want to go back to the beginning of the second half for this. You know, a guy that we haven't talked about a lot so far on the show is Juwan Morgan. And this is a guy who obviously is a team captain coming off a really strong junior season. You know, won the first two gold jerseys. We've heard about his dominant play in practice. As I mentioned on the halftime report, you know, he he didn't really do a whole lot in the first half. I didn't think he really asserted himself very much, just kind of didn't feel like he was really in the flow. And I thought Indiana really came out, kind of made a little offensive adjustment to start the second half, and they made a concerted effort to go into him, and he came out with the mindset to dominate. Three of the first five possessions went into him. He scored. He got a big block shot. You know, so we kind of saw him get back into it and kind of put his stamp on the game just to, you know, in case Southern Indiana had any thoughts about making a little comeback there in the second half, Juwan stopped that. And, you know, Ryan, what I really thought was kind of important about that sequence is I thought that sequence at the beginning of the second half, the defense wasn't quite as good. But offensively, I thought that was probably about as good as Indiana looked in terms of kind of understanding their identity and having a plan every time down the floor. And I wonder if, you know, early in the season, as you kind of work all these new guys in, if Indiana's identity won't be that going into Juwan inside, which was clearly the bread and butter last year. And at least tonight, it looked to me like the most consistent kind of trusted option that they had. It really looked good there at the start of the second half. And I thought that was definitely Juwan's best segment of the game. Yeah, and I think that's where he's going to make his money this year. It's going to be in the paint. That's where he made his money last year. And occasionally you'll get him with a spread floor on the perimeter driving in. But what you want is him working with his back to the basket there. Um, excuse me. Uh, sorry, that was, a, that was a really bad sneeze. Uh, but exhibition, I, exhibition. We're working out the kinks. Exhibition. <laughs> uh, but no, I uh, I think that what you have to look for with him is working with his back to the basket on some of these guys. Sometimes he's going to get bigger guys on him, and you're going to have to pull guys out on the perimeter, and he's going to work from there. But for the most part, I think that when he is most effective is when he does have his back to the basket against smaller guys who are going to have to guard him, wings, and, and even fours who he can outreach. And and I think that. That is definitely a, a situ a, a place where Indiana wants to live this year and wants him to live and 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 make their make his money down there because that's that's natural to him. It feels like I think that that is his sort of natural spot and where he belongs. Yeah, and Andy, did you want to jump in on Juwan? Nothing too much to to hit on. I, I felt like it was you know the first half he kind of I, I don't want to say floated because it doesn't mean that I don't mean that in a way that he wasn't like playing hard, but I think they just kind of rolled the ball out and let's see what happens in the first half. Got some other guys involved. And then so, it, he's also a senior in an exhibition game. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. It, and, and like I said, I, I didn't mean that in a way that that was, you know, that he was just kind of coasting out there. Um, but yeah, you definitely saw that. I mean, he scored six points in the first few minutes of the second half and really kind of could get the ball and do whatever he wanted whenever he wanted. But I think was, you know, trying to help get some other guys involved and things like that. So uh, I, you know, I, this this is not a game that you look to 
to try to learn something about a guy like him who you know what you're going to get from. And so, you know, he was efficient and, uh, and that's pretty much all you can say. One other meaningful moment that I wanted to hit here, and I think it's probably easy for this to get lost in the barrage of threes that Demise Anderson had late in the second half. But what I thought was actually more meaningful is around the six-minute mark, there were two straight possessions in which Justin Smith penetrated, found Zach McRoberts in the corner, and Zach did not hesitate, let the three-pointers fly, and made both of them. And I thought that was a really good sign for a guy who we're all really hoping can grow even more into his role as a 3 and D guy. We know the defense will be there. He shot 39% from three last year, but you know passed up as many good looks as he took last year. He's going to get a lot of them, a lot of open looks this year. He's got to be willing to take him. And so I thought for him to be ready to shoot, no hesitation, and drain both of them, Ryan, was a really good sign. And, you know, you contrast that with Demise. You know, look, Demise's shooting was great tonight, but we don't know what kind of role he's going to have. We don't even know how much he would have played if everybody had been healthy. So that's nice, but it's hard right now to see how that translates to the regular season. Zach McRoberts knocking down a couple of threes, that's going to translate immediately because this is a guy that's in the starting lineup. And I just thought his mentality to take those and show no sign of hesitation was a really good sign. Yeah, he needs to... Uh... He needs to be able to do that this year, and, and it's huge. And, and teams are going to dare him to shoot, and, and they're going to overcover other guys and dare him to shoot. And and the fact that he was willing to step into a few and knock him down, I I mean, look, I don't expect him to sit to hit fifty percent from three this year, forty five percent. If he can hit thirty five to forty percent, that is enormous for Indiana. And if he can just be a guy who was a threat that's going to spread the floor out because guys won't be able to just leave him wide open and sag into driving lanes. That's what it is for this team. He just can't be a non-entity from behind the arc and and that and just in in general offensively and that's what he was last year. So now you see that he's worked on it. We've heard that he's worked on it. Clearly he has worked on it. I didn't think his shot looked bad last year. He just didn't take it enough. Clearly it's something he's worked on. He's got more confidence in and and that's good to see. Yeah, w- one other moment that I that I had, and Jared and I talked about this for a second before we came on. Uh, this was kind of at the height of IU, you know, making threes in the second half, and you 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 know, Southern Indiana had seen Demise hit a couple, they'd seen Fitzner hit a couple, and there was a play. It might have been the play that that Duran actually uh, got injured on, or or whatever. But they dumped the ball into him in the post, and and Demise and Fitzner were both kind of on the same side. Uh, standing by the three-point line, and the Southern Indiana players were both right out, you know, hugging up to them so that they wouldn't be a kickout, uh, which is not something we would maybe have seen at any point last season with uh, a team being really concerned about taking away open three-point shots from this team. And the middle of the lane was just wide open and and gave Duran a lot of room to work, uh, who had a size advantage anyway, and he was able to score there. And I, like I said, I think that might be the part where he came down and twisted his ankle or, or whatever it was, but... Um, you know, I don't expect this team to shoot the the three the way that they did in the second half for the entirety of the season. Although I would not mind uh, if they did, but I'd be I thought okay with that, that too, just so we know. I mean, yeah, yeah, just so we're on record. But, um, but yeah, I you know I just did think where you know one of the the big question marks coming in was how much better could this team be shooting the ball? And for tonight, they shot it really well, uh, particularly after that you know one for seven start from three. And you see what that does to a defense and how much more room. Uh, that will be able to give guys like Duran or Juwan to operate uh, inside. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I am Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips breaking down Indiana's victory over Southern Indiana. All right, guys, let's go inside the numbers. And Andy, a couple of numbers that, that popped out to me. Ryan, you mentioned it, you know, some some really interesting numbers earlier. You know, I thought the steal number, Indiana had 10 steals. You know, a lot of those came early. They were really active. Uh, Romeo Langford leading the way with four. And you can just see, you know, with his length, and if he's if he's going to be that active defensively, he's going to get a lot of steals. He's going to get a lot of rebounds. And, you know, he may be a guy that that some nights is inefficient scoring like he was tonight, especially if he struggles to find that rhythm. But because of the steals, because of the rebounding, he's still going to be able to find a way to contribute. You know, one stat that, that that didn't look quite as good, and look, it's early in the season. This is a team, as Archie mentioned, the defense is way ahead of the offense. You know, only 14 assists on 35 made field goals. That's not a great rate. You obviously want to see that go up. And when Indiana was playing well last year, we saw that number be much higher, that percentage be much higher. Um, but again, when the half-court offense is struggling like it was, you're not going to see that number be all that high. So those numbers kind of jumped out to me, one good, one not so good. What jumped out to you, Andy? Well, the assist one was interesting because I was looking at the same thing, but there was a pretty big difference between 
uh, between halves for that. And obviously, IU made more shots in the second half, so that contributed to it. But if you look, first half, there were four assists on 14 makes. Uh, in the second half, where they got into a little bit more of a rhythm offensively, 10 assists on 21 makes. So improvement as you go through um, looking at that number from half to half. Uh, I thought the... Um, you know, the, the points off turnovers I mentioned earlier, you know, IU just really active, was able to generate points when the offense was pretty uh, pretty ugly in the half court. I thought that was uh, a big factor in really, um, you know, building that lead at halftime. The other one was turnovers. You know, there was a stretch in the first half where uh, I think IU had, I think I wrote this down, I'll see if I can find it. They had one turnover in the first, you know, eight minutes and 41 seconds, and then they had, you know, four over the next, you know, three minutes and change. And then I think they only had one more toward the end of the half. Now I will say at least a couple of the turnovers in the first half were on horrific uh, charge calls. So the officials are already good at uh, letting guys slide underneath while guys driving to the basket and, and then giving another guy credit for flopping. So uh, it may have been an exhibition game for some of us, but not for the officials. They're already in, uh, in mid season form, but I did think, you know, really five turnovers in the second half. Again, a couple of those, uh, I felt like were when the game got a little bit ragged, um, so, and, and fantasy had none of those just to circle back to him, you know, quickly on that point. So that was big, the three point shooting, they shot, um, you know, eight of 12 in the second half started one of seven, uh, in the game, which means I believe they made 10 of their, their last 15, uh, from three. So as we said, we'll certainly take that, uh, if we can get it, but, uh, you know, pretty balanced scoring all the way around. A lot of guys were able to get in the scoring column. So always good to see that in these kinds of games. Yeah, I I thought that the 40 points off the bench was big just to have some kind of bounce. I mean, we have a team that's top heavy with guys like Lankford and Morgan. As far as talent goes, you kind of worry that maybe you won't have much off the bench. I thought that we've talked about how talented this team is, and I thought they really came through uh, looking at it from that perspective that you've got guys who uh, can score off the bench and fill it up. Now, again, you know, we're going to keep saying this, but all caveats for the competition and everything like that. But I thought that it was nice. I also thought getting to the line 24 times when your opponent only gets their 12, that's big. Uh, the thing is you got to convert them. And tonight there were 15 to 24. We said a couple of those misses. One was early jitters and one was Romeo Langford missing too. Uh, I don't think you can expect that during the year as much, but still getting the line 24 times when your opponent gets there 12 uh, got to make those shots be better than 15 to 24, but getting to the line is is important. It tells me you're attacking the rim, you're being aggressive, and the opponent is having to foul you. And let me ask you a question. How much patience are we going to have with the free throw shooting this season? You know, 62.5% tonight. That's actually worse than they shot last year. We're not going to overreact. The game doesn't even count. How, how much patience are we going to have after seeing what we saw last year? Uh, they've got to shoot much better as a team. I don't think there's any question. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, like starting Tuesday night. Let's, yeah, let's not. No, let's not wait I'm, for this. No, I mean, I, I won't start throwing things until like late December. But one, if we get there and they're still shooting poorly, I might have to spackle over some walls in my apartment. Or you might just have to like camp out in front of Cook Hall until they hire you as the shot doctor to I, teach them free throws. I keep telling them. <laughs> you know, the other number that jumped out to me, Andy, is actually the shot attempts from Robert Finnessy. You know, he took 11 shots until Romeo kind of forced some there in his final minutes in the second half. Rob was leading the team in shot attempts. And granted, part of that is because he played, you know, 28 minutes, which was second on the team to Romeo's 31. But I would not have expected that. You know, I think, you know, Rob is a guy that, you know, he's he's often termed as that true point guard, you know, a pass first point guard. And we saw him last year at McCutcheon, his senior year, when he really needed to step up offensively. He had no problem doing that, you know, scored 30 some points a game. But I was, you know, I was encouraged to see kind of his confidence, his assertiveness to take those shots. I don't think he forced a lot of them. I'm sure, you know, there was one three-pointer where his feet weren't set, Ryan, that I'm sure, you know, you probably noticed and were not happy about. But, mm -hmm. you know, but I thought it was, it was nice to see, it was nice to see him ready and willing, you know, not just to drive into the lane, but to take some shots. Now, you know, again, one of the three-pointers also bricked off the side of the backboard, so he's going to need to get better, but... You know, we'll see. I don't know that that's a formula for success moving forward. Like, I don't know in bigger games if you want Rob being second on the team in shots. Similar to how Yogi is a freshman when he was taking a lot of the shots in 2013, it was not a good sign for the team. Um, so I, this kind of goes both ways. It was nice to see him have that confidence, but I think when the competition ratchets up, we'll probably see him be, uh, you know, a little bit more focused on distributing. Um, but you know, he also may be a guy that gets left open a lot given all the other options that are out there. I'd be yeah, fine that, with that. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I didn't really feel like he forced shots either, like you said. I mean, he missed uh, a couple of threes, but I thought they were within the flow of what was going on. And I thought, you know, he wasn't 
he wasn't recklessly driving to the basket. I think when he saw, uh, you know, an opening, he took it and, and tried to take shots. I think with, you know, a lot of these guys, uh, the freshmen in particular, we saw that with Justin Smith last year, finishing around the basket for guys in their first year of college is going to be difficult. Uh, I thought he had a couple, you know, kind of hiccups as he was closer there. But even uh, Romeo had a few too. I mean, it's yeah. it's definitely something real guys go through. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Anything else on this? Are you guys ready to ready to break? No, I'm good. We're good on number. Well, Ryan, we can only talk number for so long before Ryan shuts down. So it's probably a good place to break. That's right. we're, we're lucky he's still listening right now. <laughs> All right. I'm contract to be listening right you now. Are. Okay, you are. You are. All right. Coming up on the assembly call, we continue our breakdown of Indiana's victory over Southern Indiana. Let's talk about the San Diego guy, Evan Fitzer, and how he looked tonight. That's next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night and Monday afternoon at our website, assemblycall.com. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips. We are breaking down Indiana's exhibition victory over Southern Indiana. And guys, let's take just a quick second here. You know, we just want to say thank you to everybody who has donated this week. We're in the midst of our preseason listener support drive. Those of you on the email list who follow us on Twitter who are in our, our private IU community um, know about this. But, you know, our goal to kind of help cover all the costs and help support our expanded content calendar this year or for, for this season is $10,000. And already after in less than 72 hours, uh, just incredibly generous listeners like you have donated $6,800 um, already, we just need 3,200 more to hit that goal. Um, and I know I speak on behalf of Andy and Ryan um, when I just say thank you. I mean, what we do would not be possible without your support, and we just really, really, really appreciate it. Um, so I don't know if you guys want to want to jump in and say anything, but yeah, we just, just want to say thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. So I was letting Jared do it because he speaks so much better than the rest of us. But no, I, I think that uh, it really is the whole reason we do this is for you guys and the only reason we're still doing this and and can still do this is because of you guys so uh and man it's been eight years so i i can't really i really can't believe that you say that with such disdain sometimes You're like, oh, man, sometimes eight years. Like, sometimes some of the years were worthy of disdain yeah it's, it's some years felt like eight years it feels <laughs> like it's been 40 years what do we i mean but no i uh thank you guys for yes for everything you guys do and and uh all the energy you guys have for the show it makes it worth it oh yeah someone yeah. asked i forgot the 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 website is assemblycall.com slash donate so if you do want to support us there are three different options there that you can choose um the address if you want to send a check so it's assemblycall.com slash donate thank you for asking that bob yes i will uh, i will add my thanks as well and as i tweeted out the other day many people will say that they have the best listeners i'm not going to come out and call those people liars but you can draw your own conclusion <laughs> but they're definitely wrong <laughs> as ryan would say you can be wrong that's fine they can do that that's, that's right um okay so ryan let's talk about your buddy uh san diego guy evan fitzner uh, you know, we got to see him out there a little bit uneven in the first half, I thought, especially defensively. But, you know, we kind of got from him what we want and what we expect. He scored 10 points. He was two of three from downtown, you know, rebounded well, you know, got, got some defensive rebounds. And coming in, you looked at his profile from St. Mary's. Those were his strengths. He's a guy who can knock down shots. He's a pretty good defensive rebounder. You know, not a great defensive player, has some other weaknesses that you're going to have to cover up for. And actually, in the first half, did have a nice drive to the basket. Um, you know, so I thought all in all a solid first night out for Evan Fitzner. Yeah, sure. And, and, and I agree. And, and I think we have to sort of understand with Fitzner that his role is very much undefined right now. We don't know what we're going to get from Deron Davis. We don't know if they're going to stick mostly with, uh, this lineup that has Juwan Morgan sort of running as the five, uh, are they going to, how much is Jake Forrester going to play? I mean, I think that a lot of things are still in flux and they're still figuring out the rotations. One thing that seems pretty clear though, is that Fitzner knows what he can do on the floor and that is spread the floor and then defensively just be long just stand there with your arms up. You don't have to attack guys, make them come to you and make them shoot over or around you in some way. And it's smart. I, I, he played 20 minutes tonight at 10 points, two or three from uh, three, four or five from the field, 
missed his only free throw after our buddy Josh Eastern talked up how great a free throw shooter he was. So nice job, Josh. You got yourself a, <laughs> you got yourself an announcer jinx already on your record. Uh, but I, I thought that, you know, he looked fine. And, and again, it's going to be interesting to see how they fit this in, uh, how they fit him in to what the other pieces do. And you saw them bring in Deron Davis and the two of them were playing together at times. I, I really think it's going to be matchup dependent if they ever do that again. Uh, because certainly they're not the same player. Fitzner can definitely spread the floor where Deron Davis is going to be planted on the block. But defensively, how do you figure that out? So some interesting stuff from Evan Fitzner tonight. I thought that his stroke looked good from deep. Uh, and and that's really, that's the whole reason. If you want to look at reason one why he was brought in, that's it. And it's his length defensively. He doesn't have to be an intimidating shot blocking presence. But it's hard to shoot over a six foot ten guy. I don't care who you are. Uh, so that's what he's there to do is, is muck up shots, make it tough in there. He doesn't have to be a guy who comes out swinging for blocks. Andy? Yeah, I thought it was interesting as well that, that he and Duran played together. But it's one of those where, and I think you, you can probably apply this to a lot, a lot of guys, with the uh, with Devante and Race Thompson and, um, and Jerome Hunter being held out, Al Durham going down. I, I don't really know what if anything you can read into the you know the lineups that were played tonight but it did strike me as as odd that those two were playing together uh on a couple different occasions particularly against a team that's pretty small uh as it is but i think you know he was he was just what you would expect him to be and i think if he is able to come out and give you 15 18 20 minutes a game knock down a couple threes and uh you know play play pretty solid defensively and grab some rebounds i, I think people would take that uh in a heartbeat um, real quick note, uh, looking at Twitter, Stu Jackson says, Archie Miller said Deron Davis may have rolled his ankle in the second half. Didn't seem too concerned about it. So that seems like a good sign if it's not related to, to the previous injury. You know, something else I think that's interesting here, Cameron Drummond tweeted this out. Miller points to fatigue and transition defense as reasons why the defensive performance was worse in the second half. I, I saw Zach Osterman have a conversation with someone about this on Twitter too. You know, it, it's really easy in, in a game like this, Ryan, you know, people kind of scoff sometimes when it's like, well, you know, why are they tired? They're college kids. They shouldn't be tired. I think there's a couple of important things to remember for a game like this. Number one, you know, it's still kind of early in the season. So you're, you're still getting into basketball shape a little bit. Like there's a different type of shape that you're in, in the off season. And then during the season, you know, to play basketball up and down the court, practice shape and, and, game, and game shape. And the other thing is too, my guess is Archie Miller is not organizing his practices around having the freshest team for an exhibition game against Southern Indiana that you're you know, going to win probably if you play at 50%. So, you know, they've probably had some really tough practices early on. I am not at all concerned about a little bit of fatigue in an exhibition. And, and I thought I did see that too. Like I thought they were just a little bit more physically and mentally fatigued in the second half. But that's why I take more about the defensive performance in the first half. Start of the game, I thought they really came in, came out, locked in, and playing hard on defense. That to me is much more important than what they did in the second half. Yeah, I tweeted out halfway through the second half that, oh, hey, an exhibition game broke out in the last three minutes. I mean, that, that that's what it felt like. It was guys just kind of running up and down. You saw some weird turnovers, guys just dribbling off their legs or whatever. And yeah, it's because your first time out in Assembly Hall, especially for a lot of these young guys, your adrenaline's got to be through the roof. Apparently, it was a pretty good crowd. Uh, you know, it's your first one. You want to impress. You've got that adrenaline. It's your first time playing a college game. You really want to push and push and push. And when you have that much adrenaline, it wears you out fast. And guys may be running a little harder than they usually do, maybe cutting a little harder than they usually do. None of that's bad. The problem is, is that there's no pacing yourself. And then when that adrenaline wears off, you hit a wall. And, and it looked like that happened about midway through the second half for most of the team. I think some of the guys, Juwan Morgan looked the same all the way through. I even thought Robert Finnessy looked pretty much the same all the way through. Uh, but a few of those guys, yeah, it certainly looked like they hit a wall pretty hard. And uh, that happens that, you know, that'll probably happen early in the season, too. And where Archie would in something he wouldn't do in an exhibition game like this, he'll take a timeout. He'll have a talking to he'll sub some guys out. But, yeah, I feel like that is going to be an issue for the first couple weeks of the season as these guys get used to playing college basketball and get used to playing with each other. By the way, apparently we only had about 36 minutes worth of like worthwhile IU basketball conversation because the chat mob discussion right now is about Ryan's dance moves during the uh, during the transition music. So I got rhythm. <laughs> 
get it, let's get it back to basketball. Can we get some basketball, please? Okay, uh, Andy, let's talk real quick. Last thing this second. Let's talk about Demise Anderson because he's a big storyline coming out. You got people comparing him to Rod Wilmot. You know, people now, you know, I think people now kind of envisioning him, you know, being this kind of microwave guy off the bench. Again, it's important to note, number one, we don't know how much he would have played if everybody had been healthy. And number two, you know, I'll come back to this. It's it's much easier to make shots in a game where the outcome is already decided, you know, and you have such a kind of physical advantage over another team. So I'm encouraged. I mean, you can tell Demise Anderson is wired to score, and it's nice to have a guy who can step out and make those shots. I am not going to gonna overreact to this. So conversations about, you know, could he redshirt all this stuff, this certainly would be you know, exhibit A in the in, in in the other category, you know, argument for for him not doing that. Um, but I'm just all I'm saying is I'm not going to overreact to this performance from him. I mean, we've been waiting for how long to overreact to something. So how how dare you try to take that away from people? What's wrong with you? Really Come on, dude. Yeah. Why do you hate joy? What's wrong? No, I don't. Um, no, I, I do think it's interesting. What's what's funny is, I mean, when when even by his own admission, it was a guy who, you know, when they had the media day and talked about that was really candid about the things that he was struggling with and, and all those kinds of things. But what he's not struggling with and what he never struggled with in high school is being able to put the ball in the basket. And so, um, I I do think it will be interesting to see what this starts to look like with this team at full strength and how much he plays, because he's a guy that to me, when we're starting to talk about, you know, a nine or 10 man rotation, I don't know that anybody would have put him in there. Um, I know we talked about that a little bit last week. I know, you know, they talked about it on Crimson Cast this week. You know, he's not a name that's coming up if you got to pair this this thing down to, to nine or ten guys. You know, the flip side of that is he has a very specific skill that can go out there and is a little bit, you very know, to, to, skill. He's, he's he's the Liam Neeson of, uh, of Indiana basketball. Um, so you know, you there's know, a so player you, comp for you. Yeah, there you go. So you talk about a guy like Fitzner, who's like, you know, has a very defined thing that if he goes out and does this, this is all you really expect of him. So you could kind of, you know, these guys are interesting to kind of piggyback off of one another as we start talking through players, because maybe he ends up in that in that situation. But I agree that the circumstances of who was available and wasn't who was and wasn't available, uh, even with Durham going down during the game, you know. Who knows? But it's one of those, you, you know, not, not unlike the Jeremiah April turn on jump shot. Once you've seen a guy get buckets like that, you can't let go of it. So uh, not even point. one show into the season. Nope. And we have got a oh. Jeremiah April reference. Hey, you got to is... play. You got to play the hits, man. <laughs> Bingo card. Give give the people what they want, Jared. No, uh, I, with Demisi, I think you could see from the time he got in the game, he was on a mission. He, he wanted to eat. He wanted to score. And that's a great attitude for a young guy to have that said, as long as you're doing it from within the system, it's fine. And and if you're getting wide open looks off a driving kick, take them. I mean, that that's what you're there for. That's why they recruited you. That said, you're right. I think that part of the reason he looked to eat, you know, and get shots up real fast is because he's not expected. Maybe this is his only shot in the next couple of weeks to really get some time on the floor or he felt that way. And so, that's why he uh, came out looking to hit shots. So uh, I, I I think that that's uh, that's fine, and and I think that you know it's a solid uh, game for him to come out and do that, and maybe that earns him that time. And also, let's remember, some guys are better in games than they are in practice. They just show up once the lights are on. Maybe Demisi has not been showing up in practice the way that Archie would want, so he hasn't really been in the discussion. But he comes out, shows up on during a game, and you can't ignore that if you're a head coach. Yep. All righty. Coming up in our final segment, we will hand out our game balls. We will take a quick look ahead to Indiana's next opponent, a very quick look ahead. And then the last call, we'll deliver our final thoughts on Indiana's victory over Southern Indiana. That's next. Stick with us on the assembly call. listening to the assembly call iu postgame show i am jared morris here with ryan phillips and andy bottoms and we are wrapping up our breakdown of indiana's exhibition victory over southern indiana and guys this is the point in the show when we hand out our game balls and by the way we're i don't even know if i've told you guys this but we're doing a little contest inside the new um assembly call community and people are picking their game balls and the official winner of the game ball is coming from our show 
Are they so, picking ahead of time? Yeah, they're picking it ahead of time, like who they predict is going to get the game ball. And then the official winner comes from our show. So that means if we all agree on the game ball, that's fine. We can all pick the same person. That just means that person gets it. Obviously, if you know if someone gets more than one vote, they're going to get it. If we all pick different people, we'll go to the chat mob and see if there's a consensus there. So, Or how about if we all pick different people and there's no consensus the people get like half a point instead of a full point or something like that. Maybe we can just, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss those details, but I just definitely make up the rules as we go. That's (laughs) the way this is, this is compelling audio. Um, but just to say we can all pick the same person. So let's go around the horn. Let's do our game balls. And Andy, we will put you on the spot first. Uh, well, I will go with, uh, I'll go with Rob fantasy. I think when you, you know, Demizi, it was exciting to see, but kind of like you said, it was a, a somewhat non-pressure situation that he came into versus, you know, fantasy really, uh, even to start the game with Devontae being out, then Al Durham goes down and you kind of turn your head and look around and you're the only guy who's the point guard. Um, you know, that's, albeit an exhibition game, I, I thought he acquitted himself really well, played steady, didn't turn the ball over, did all the things that you would want a point guard to do in this scenario. So we can, you know, take take a, you know, maybe the, the competition takes a little bit of the shine off of that. But, uh, but for me, it was a, pretty easy call uh with him with you know 13 points four assists no turnovers uh and really you know really played a good floor game and uh you know makes you excited to see what he's going to be over the course of his four years at iu if this is you know just game one yeah i'm going with rob too i mean he was the banner moment his production you know again kind of came when the game was still in balance and he put it out of reach just a really impressive performance from rob ryan who are you going with uh, since Rob already took this home in one, I I might have leaned towards him if it was a split vote. He's I'm also going... gotten every vote in the chat mob, by the way. Okay, well, I'm going with Zach McRoberts because if you look at the plus minus in 27 minutes, he was plus 27, the highest in the game. So, hey, you're, if the team does the best when you're on the floor, you're the player of the game. That's that's what I'm saying. Uh, but no, for in, in reality, he had seven points, five rebounds, an assist, uh, a block, and a steal. I thought he was all over the floor. I thought he played very well. And he hit those two threes, which is going to be huge for Indiana long-term. I thought great confidence-building game for Zach. 27 minutes plus 27, which beat Jawan Morgan's plus 25 in 25 minutes. So I'm sticking with uh, with, uh, Zach McRoberts. I know I'm going to call him Josh all year long. I apologize ahead of time. He's way better than his brother. I'm just saying that now. Uh, So yeah, Zach McRoberts gets my game ball, but I I completely understand why you picked Rob Zach McRoberts, the least athletic guy on the team. Well, that was yeah. a, that was an nec- unnecessary dig there at the end. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> By the way, you can call him Josh McRoberts. I've heard so many people call Juwan Morgan Juwan Howard. It's crazy. No, so. well, at least at least the two guys I confuse are related. <laughs> you just need a single name like Romeo, where no one can get you confused with anybody. Right. Um, okay, so Andy, we typically take a quick look ahead at our upcoming opponent here. Um, what do you want to say about Chicago State? I mean, they're not good. <laughs> is, there, is there anything that we need some, to know about this team? Some would say that's true. Yes. Uh, no. I. No. It's funny. I've I've been compiling this. I was trying to open the file while we were talking here, but I've been compiling all these like you know different places to release their like one to three fifty three rankings. They are in like at best in the three forties. Um, so they're not good. They are. Projected. They should have hired Mark Titus. So man. for so for they a non, really should have that would have been non, for a non stats guy the three forties that that's bad. <laughs> It's just gonna. Yeah, I mean, yes. When it's out, of, yeah. So the ones that I captured, they're three forty nine, three forty seven, uh, three fifty two. Uh, John Gasway, three fifty two of three fifty three. So that's good. Three forty seven, three forty seven, and three forty four. So, uh, yeah, they're routinely picked to finish behind uh, Cal Baptist, who is transitioning to Division One uh, in the WAC. So uh, that's pretty much uh, pretty much all you need to know. They hired a coach like way way after everybody else. So, uh, yeah. So you got that going for you. Chicago, also not a state. So that's an interesting choice for the university's name altogether. They got there's problems. A Sandy, there's a San Diego state as well. So don't <laughs> lay off of Chicago. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> San Diego chicken. <laughs> I knew that Ooh, was oh, I'm so, I had a, I had a real scared moment there. I was hoping that I had the edited one pulled up into the soundboard this time since we're live on the, since we're live on the radio, but we had it. We're all under control here in our first exhibition show. You get us thrown off the air. I am. Uh, you're listening to the assembly call. IU post game show. Remember that because you're an assembly call listener, you get 15% off of your entire order at HoosierProud.com and HomeFieldApparel.com. So if you want officially licensed IU gear, go to HomeFieldApparel.com. And if you want one of our Assembly Call logo t-shirts or one of Hoosier Proud's unique Indiana-inspired designs, visit HoosierProud.com on both sites. Use the promo code ASSEMBLY at checkout. 
and you will get 15% off of your entire order. All right, guys, it is time for last call. Go around the horn, get some closing statements on this IU victory. Uh, and Ryan, we know you're getting hungry. We know you need some cereal. It's late there on the uh, on the Pacific Coast, so we want to let you get out of here. Last call for you first. Uh, just thank God there's basketball to talk about. Uh, I, I just think that it's been a really, it's felt like a really long offseason. It's been the same length as the other ones somehow, but it's also because we were so excited about this group and this game. And I, I, I texted a friend about halfway through the first half and I was just like, Hey, you having fun yet? Cause this is fun. And these guys are good. And there's a fun team. It's going to be a team that grows over the next two months. Let's not get ahead of ourselves yet. Uh, it's a team that's going to be much better, but there's a lot of talent and there's also a lot of talent that's going to be here for a while. So get to know these guys because they are unpacking their bags and they're going to be here for a while. Uh, really fun night of basketball. Congrats to uh, our buddy Josh Eastern for uh, for getting to call the game for BTN. Plus. Former Assembly Call intern, Josh we Eastern. Josh. 100% and of minutes played, 100% usage rate tonight for you Josh. He'll be an Assembly Call intern. You're Once it, once in an Assembly Call intern, you're always an Assembly Call intern. It's true. Uh, but uh, I can. does that just mean I can treat you like an intern still? Because I really hope it does. It's, uh, but no, I, uh, congrats to Josh. He did a great, he did a fantastic job on the broadcast. And He did. We're the season's here, guys. As soon as the show's over, boom, we're on to the next one. We're on to Tuesday. We're on to a game. Let's do it. And it counts. And by it the way, this offseason has been longer because remember, the season ended March 1st. So it's even been remind, extra long. I didn't want to remind people of that, Jared. But oh, sorry. No, I, but I mean, you know, the, the months with no basketball and no IU basketball, about the same amount of time. And it just seemed three times as long just because we've been so excited about this. And and yeah, I'm I'm really thrilled that it's finally here. Oh wait, this is finally coming up in the chat. I was wondering about this because I made note of it. Did you guys think the shorts? Are we bringing back the short shorts? Like, was everybody wearing the OG shorts tonight? I think we might just have a bunch of guys with long legs. I think that's the no. I don't know. I I didn't even notice. I'm, that. I'm I, telling you. I, I think I think the shorts are shorter. I was watching on a very <laughs> small screen, so. I, I noticed it with a couple of guys. I don't know if it was everybody, but I did notice it with a few guys that 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 was the case. So. I don't know. Maybe. All right. Well, let's change Throw. the subject before this gets awkward. Throwbacks. Uh, yeah. Well, too yeah. late, but you know, <laughs> uh, Andy over to you. Last call. Well, it, you know, kind of like Ryan said, it's nice to have actual 40 minutes of basketball to, to react to and overreact to, as opposed to, you know, clips on, uh, social media that we've uh, been doing the same thing with over the course of the off season. So, uh, it, the thing that sticks out to me, and I, I mentioned this even, it was one of the first couple of media timeouts, and it was, you know, that Archie Miller had said earlier in the week, I think on the radio show, that the defense was was ahead of the offense at this point. And uh, it became evident early on that he definitely has his finger on the pulse of this team and that that was true. And I guess if you if you figure the number of new, new faces that are there uh, and the number of guys are going to be stepping into different roles... I, that seems better than the alternative to be, uh, you know, because I think you can really show some improvement on the offensive end over the course of the season as guys just get used to playing with each other and knowing where they want the ball and things like that. But to be able uh, to to feel comfortable with where they are early on uh, defensively is in stark contrast to, to what anybody would have said a season ago. So I think that's a positive for something that has been uh, an issue for this team and was something that it was on the right track during last year. Uh, I think a good good sign that he's feeling that good about the defense early on this year. And I think there's there's certainly, based on what we saw tonight, enough talent that the offense is going to catch up uh, at some point. Certainly, uh, we hope it's sooner rather than later. But uh, you know, a good uh, a good first showing for for the team. And uh, you know, while the Tuesday game will count, it's probably a little bit of a glorified exhibition. They'll, they'll be the worst team that IU will play uh, all season. But things will ratchet up uh, pretty pretty quickly thereafter. And uh, so good and it, good to see everybody there. Usually we say glad everybody got out of this healthy. Um, I don't think anybody got out of this with a, a major injury, but those are, you know, if there's any lingering concern, it's kind of that you've got, you know, five guys with some kind of ailment at this point that are, that are there. But uh, as we talked about all offseason, this team has a lot more depth than they've had in the past. So probably able to withstand that a little bit better than uh, certainly than last year's team would have been able to do. Yeah, absolutely. Solid first time out for Indiana. Obviously, we all can't wait to see what Devontae Green and Race Thompson and Jerome Hunter can do out there. You know, and, and real quick, I mean, again, you know, kudos to Jerome Hunter who won the gold jersey. I think that was probably the biggest disappointment for everybody is not getting a chance to see him play coming off what Archie Miller, you know, termed was just a great week shooting. I mean, they asked Archie Miller, 
in the press conference, why did Jerome win the gold jersey? He said he just made a lot of shots, <laughs> you know, and, and that is how those gold jerseys are awarded is based on production. And so that's good to hear from Jerome, a guy with that length, that athleticism. You know, if he can become a consistent shooter, he's really going to be a big asset. So it was nice to see Indiana, despite missing three guys that we all expect to be in the rotation. Nice to see them, you know, come out. And not play great. You know, it was not perfect by any means, but it was solid. I think a lot of good signs to build on. And so I think everybody can walk away from this one happy. Uh, and we finally got some basketball, and we look forward to uh, to Tuesday and doing this all again after IU Chicago State. All righty, that'll do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, chat mobbers, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. You can also subscribe to our podcast for free by searching for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you on Monday afternoon. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of the Assembly Call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com slash support that lists five ways that you can support the assembly call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. One of the methods is donating. And so many of you have donated and we appreciate it so much. On that page, you can choose a monthly recurring donation or an annual recurring donation or just a one-time donation, whatever works for you. And if you don't want to donate, Another way to support the show is you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop when you're going to shop for tickets or gear, and we will get paid a small commission when you use those links. But however you support the show, we appreciate it. Thank you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Sticky notes. Email alerts. A string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.